0: Welcome to Sundial. I'm Carlos Frias. We're getting ready for the start of a new school year this month all across South Florida. So we wanted to bring you one of our favorite conversations with a Broward County teacher. We first spoke with her in June. Just three years ago, Natalie Stewart had never heard of TikTok. Now, she's the famous dancing teacher.
1: It's tearing up my heart that some of you are not even paying attention to the keywords.
0: (laughs) Don't worry if you haven't heard of her. Your kids have. Natalie's the Broward teacher who went viral for using TikTok dances to inspire her third graders. She's inspiring a lot more folks now. Natalie has more than half a million TikTok followers. She goes by Natty Meets World. She's been on the NBC show Dancing With Myself. It's what you'd get if you gave TikTok a TV show. The kids love Natalie. Parents too. She uses TikTok as entertainment between lessons to understand what her students are into and how to engage them in a fun way. They love to imitate her. Breakfast people, I'm setting an alarm for five minutes. Hurry up, it's not a Sunday morning at IHOP.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Done. Mister, my stomach
0: hurts. Do I look like Pepto-Bismol to you? I've got no time at all, so sit down. (laughs) She calls her students the squad. She performs TikTok dances with them on Fridays to usher in the weekend, she asked her students to react to the outfits celebrities wore to the Met Gala.
1: It's giving mi abuela sewed this scarf so she could keep me warm vibes. It's giving I'm um, salty because I wasn't in the new Little Mermaid movie. It's
0: giving I think my baby's coming so I gotta be cozy
1: for this vibes.
0: She does G-rated TikTok challenges. She complains about school-issued laptops constantly breaking down. Sometimes she even talks about being single in South Florida. And buying herself an engagement ring, she's from Hialeah, so you know she keeps it real. To talk to us about becoming the TikTok teacher is Natalie Stewart. Bienvenida, Natalie.
1: Oye, what an entrance!
0: Oh yeah, pero es que you are always doing it. No, 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 that you are I with love your it. Videos. I love it. So we always love it when guests surprise us with little little boxes or little bags. They show up with a surprise, and you brought a bag here, but I feel like you came here with an agenda. I did, Carlos. You know
1: why? I'm going to tell you why. Because recently you interviewed my girl, Lucy Lowe.
0: Oh, yeah. Shout out to Lucy Lopez, past guest.
1: Yes. And you said something that, even though I love you, struck a nerve, that un pastel is a sandwich.
0: I scandalized you.
1: It is not, my friend. I have to tell you. So in honor of that, I do have una bandeja. Full of little pastelitos, just to remind you that it is not a sandwich.
0: I, you know what, I, I can't get mad at you because you showed up with pastelitos, but we're gonna agree to disagree.
1: Okay, fine. All right, we well, can agree to disagree.
0: Well, we'll see what we'll see what your your students have to say when when you inevitably make a TikTok about you this. You know right?
1: what, I'm going to make a TikTok about this. Well, we have great-
0: we have your little camera set up here in the corner. We so, do. So look out for that. So do you want to shout them out? Tell us about your your students, these kids who you've inspired with TikTok.
1: So I love my students. And the funny thing is like every year at the beginning of the year, it always happens without fail. I've been doing this 13 years. Okay. And the first week of school, mm-hmm. I always like look at the new kids and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I miss my old class. It happens every year. And it's funny because like it doesn't hit me on the last day of school, right? That these babies are no longer mine. It doesn't really hit me till the first week of school.
0: And you got a whole set of new little faces. Of
1: course. And then you know they're timid, they're intimidated, they don't know it's the first week of school like any kid would be. And so it hits me. Like I miss my old class. And then over time, you just start to get to know each kid one by one. You get to know them personally, academically. um, And you just vibe with them on a different level. So at the end of the year I have the same bond and feeling with every single class it's truly amazing and right now we only have one more week of school left um it's hitting them more than it's hitting me um but it's crazy because it's like they mean so much to me they are what make my day uh with you know teaching is not an easy job the politics behind it are very challenging but when it's the kids and I, and the doors close, like, I am the happiest little Hialeah girl on the planet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where do you teach? Uh, let's give those kids a shout And What grade are you teaching?
1: I teach at Nova Eisenhower Elementary. It is in Davie, Florida. Shout-out to my squad, my little third-graders, who are working very hard right now. You're taking that Miami accent to Broward. I like that. You know, okay, can I tell you something, Carlos? Because on, Do you know how many people have left Miami? And they lose their accent. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, I left Miami at 14 years old. I'm 36, Carlos. It has not left me. And sometimes I don't even hear it. Right. I'm like, I don't have an accent. What are you guys talking about? And then I hear myself back and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, girl, the accent is still there. (laughs) You know? Well, I
0: think that's what makes you super relatable is that, you know, you're not you don't polish this. TikTok personality, although your makeup today is on fleek.
1: Thank you, Carlos. Thank you. But
0: you, you,
1: you keep it very real, and and you you use the TikTok for fun, but you also are are yourself. You know, authenticity is mm-hmm. such a big thing with social media, right? And um, I've learned that along the way. Um, when you're authentic, you're true to yourself. People relate, right? People want to feel connected to somebody and that's actually one of my favorite things about TikTok is all of the teachers that come out and say hey I saw this video and and I related to it and you know you gave me these great ideas I never thought of that or whatever like I'm not trying to be that polished teacher I'm really not because you know what our jobs have ups and downs everything's not always beautiful everything's not always great I try to remind my viewers of that um because authenticity is number one. Another thing that I noticed too, like it's affecting our students. You know, I have fifth grade girls that come to me saying I'm fat and I'm ugly. Why you're in fifth grade. Like you're a developing child. You're beautiful. Just the way you are. Pero the problem is that they go on Instagram. They see these public figures or these young girls. They see they, Kylie
0: Jenner. And, and it, they think I should be looking like that at 11. At
1: absolutely. Okay. And so I always try to keep it real with them too. You know, like, Guys, those are filters. You know, what are you talking about? And so we always talk about stuff like that. But yeah, overall, like, yeah, I keep it real. You have to keep it real, Carlos. There's too much fake out there. Yeah, You know, I, I feel like you talk about
0: this desire for connection and social media was really, that's how it started for you, right? Like you, it was pandemic related that you started getting into TikTok as a way to connect with kids.
1: Yeah. So what happened was. The year that we went into quarantine, um, my students at the time, you know, it was quarantine was awful. A lot of people looked at it as like a, a long vacation. Right. But at the beginning of it, I was like, man, I miss my kids. I was home bored every day. And every day I got on Zoom with my class at 11 a.m. I didn't have to do that. I, I we weren't given a direction as to what to do, mm. but for my own sanity, I had to meet with them. So, and you know, I felt bad for them too because this pandemic happened out of nowhere. So I met with them every day, and they were like, "You have to learn this new dance, Mister. It's called the Renegade." And I was like, "The Renegade? Okay, so, no, no, you have to learn this dance." Okay, fine. Where do I learn the dance? I
0: can almost uh, that song has become so prevalent. I can almost hear it, Renegade, I, Renegade. Oh my god! My how
1: about the teenagers that walk around publics going like this, <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. You're, you got your swerve on right now, right I, here in front of me. I'm I feeling it. I can't.
1: I can't. I die laughing because it's almost like I'm 36, but I want to do it with them. And then their parents are like, "Stop!" Yeah, you know. And then you laugh because you're like, "I know that dance too." Like. It's hysterical, pero yeah.
0: So you're you're at, you're at home and you like them. This is all new. Yeah. Like, how am I going to connect? With, it's not like you were a, an online teacher, which you know has become more normal. Uh, you know, as pe- there's online colleges and stuff. But this idea of you not being in physically in front of your class was something that you had to that you had to grapple with, I guess.
1: Yeah, and it was really hard at first because one of the like I think one of the things I pride myself on is the connection that I make with my class that's probably like my best um, trait as a teacher and so being on the computer yeah I got to know them and I always made time during virtual learning for like you know a, a, a chat we called it chat time and it was always the last 30 minutes of the day where we would all take turns talking and whatever but it's not the same It's not the same as like the human connection. Them them
0: physically coming up to your desk, right? Exactly.
1: And so when we started to let the kids back into the school, I was like, what am I going to do to connect with these kids? Now, mind you, at this time... I had already discovered TikTok because mm-hmm. the class before had told me about this renegade dance.
0: So these it's these generations of kids who have been yes. teaching you about it over the last three years.
1: Yes, it's crazy. And so the class before had told me about the renegade dance. I learned the dance. And then throughout that summer, I was like, hey, I like this app. This is funny. Like, there's funny videos. I started cooking because there were so many recipes on there. I was like look at me. I'm like Chef Emerald here. <laughs> but um, I started to cook. I started to learn from the app. And then when school started again, it was virtual at this time. I was doing a bunch of videos of myself teaching virtual. But then once the kids started to come in, I was like, well, what are we going to do? Like, I don't feel like I've bonded with this class properly. Mm. I don't feel like I have that connection with them. And so We started to let the kids back little by little. At one point, they had said, like, only 30% of the school could come back. And then, like, they upped it to 40 and whatever. And I have to tell you that by March 4th, March 4th, I had 100% of my students back in that class. Wow. I was the first, probably the first in the county, honestly, to stop virtual learning. I was the only class in my school for the rest of the year with a full class of kids wow, that was 2021 that was 2021 so still we're still figuring out COVID at that time so that was yeah yeah, yeah. and so um that must
0: have been a little bit scary right
1: it was Kinda being the the guinea pig, so to speak it was but i have to tell you i was so happy because i was like ah yes i got rid of this the computer with the microsoft teams and all that junk like i was like i don't want to do this anymore and once all the kids were back i was like Thank God. I got to go back to textbooks. I got to go back to doing what I know and love. And at that time, as they were coming in, I asked my principal, like, listen, I have this idea. I wanna incorporate TikTok in what we do. Um, you know, and and teachers post a lot on Twitter and, and Instagram and it's it's normal. But TikTok was not something that was heard of. So I was like, I wanna incorporate TikTok. And and there's an element too, like
0: I know, obviously I have kids and they're in school and you know, uh, a lot of them, once they graduate, they become, you know, they, they connect with their teachers on social media. Yes. So this was a new thing too, like saying like, oh, there's a potential for me being a public figure, but also incorporating TikTok. Do the kids appear in TikTok videos? How do we work that out? So these were all conversations you had on the front end.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. And once I created my release form and all that, the parents were totally on board. And I have to say, I'm so grateful to those parents, honestly, because in a time when we didn't know what was going on they trusted me enough to send their kids to school so much so that like i said the whole class was there so by the time that happened you know the kids were so into tiktok i mean Imaginate, they had spent the whole summer on TikTok because we were we were at home, you know. So once I started incorporating it, they started teaching me about trends and dances. And can we do this and can we do that? And I was like, as long as it's rated G, because I need this job, um, we can do it. And so we did. And it has been a blessing, like incredible, an incredible blessing. So it allowed me I don't even know how to explain it. Like we just bonded quickly and. After that, of course, even though I could have stopped, the future classes were like, wait, no, no, no. We like this idea. Like, we want to be in this. And so I just continued it.
0: Yeah. You became almost like the multimedia teacher uh, via TikTok. Yeah. What were some of the moments early on that you realized, oh, I can really connect with them? Not just teach, but connect.
1: It was through dance. It was through dance because that app at the beginning, not now, now, TikTok is a little different. But at the beginning, there were, the, you know, the dance craze on there was very popular. Mm. And these kids love to, they just love to dance, all of them. And you know what I, you now that you're saying that, it reminds me of a time where the dancing part of TikTok, the crazy part is even with the shy kids, right? Because I never make kids do anything if they don't want to do the tiktok they don't have to do that they have to do their homework but they're not (laughs) going to do their tiktok okay but even my shy kids at first that were like no i don't want to dance i don't want to dance i'd be like okay that's fine you know you don't have to do it i kid you not by the end everybody was in the videos like they wanted to dance they wanted to participate it brought out a side to them where they were like you know what maybe i do want to try this dance maybe i do want to be a part of this um and kudos to the kids around them, right, for always, like, you know, giving everybody in the class, like, that, that motivation to be like, yeah, come on, let's go join us. Nobody ever really, like, bullies anybody in my class for, like, how they dance or whatever. Everybody's just kind of, like, it's a nice environment. It's an inclusive environment. That's the word. It's inclusive. So I, it was definitely the dance that brought everybody together.
0: Our guest today is Natalie Stewart. She's the Broward teacher who uses TikTok to engage with her students. So here you are, the TikTok teacher, and I'm so curious about your performance background. Like, did
1: you want to go into dance? So I remember this like it was yesterday. You know that McDonald's that's in Miami Lakes? like Yes,
0: yes. In okay. the shopping
1: center where Beverly Hills Cafe is? Yes, okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So when that McDonald's had its grand opening back in the 90s, my mom took me there, and there was a stage... And there were these two little girls dancing on the stage and I I was watching them. I was probably five years old and I was watching them, watching them. And I'm like, mom, I want to do this. And it's crazy that all these years later, I remember that moment. Wow. Yep. And my mom was like, okay. And she asked where, you know, what company is this? It was a brand new dance company. And I joined them and I actually stayed with them till I was fourteen years old. Wow, what was
0: the name of the dance academy? It was
1: Lorraine Florido's Dance Academy. It's no longer around. But I oh. actually ran into Lorraine Florido years later. Um but yeah. Anyway. What was that
0: like? Were you like, you you put me on this path yeah, kind of thing?
1: Yeah. Well, you know what, Carlos, this was like I probably ran into her like when I was 18. So it's been a long time, but I remember running into her later and she was like catching up with me on my dance career. But um, I did ballet and jazz the whole way through to 14. By the time I was 14, I had moved to Broward County. And the dance studio was far away from me. So I told my mom I wanted to try something new. So I got into this amazing group. You may have heard of them called the Hip Hop Kids. Okay. No, tell me about them. Hip Hop Kids are such an awesome dance group. And shout out to Susie Stone, who's the owner. Um, we still keep in touch till this day. She loves me. I love her. And um, it's this group of kids that they dance hip hop, obviously, to current music, music that's trending, music that's in. um, And it pretty much like let me express myself in a way that I um, had been yearning for. Because with jazz and ballet, I was able to express myself. But with hip-hop, it was a different vibe. And so I ended up dancing with her and uh, with hip-hop kids till I was 18.
0: So that was like your music? Is that what you were into? What were you into in, in your teenage years? You, know, the the
1: ni- you know, the 90s music, uh, Biggie, Biggie tupac uh who else i'm I'm drawing a blank trina trick daddy you know all the very
0: 305 There, very
1: 305 very 305 well there's something
0: about growing up like miami has such a strong music culture we don't we don't really we don't import it as much so you can grow up with a real strong miami music culture absolutely Me was all miami-based growing up i'm a little older than you are but that was my generation
1: and when pitbull came out yeah,
0: okay. Sacawo. You've done some pip, some TikToks uh, where you use like a little cutout of Pitbull.
1: Yes, Pitbull is my teacher assistant on March 5th every year because that's 305 day. Oh. <laughs> so he is my... I, I'm still waiting to hear from Pitbull. I'm still waiting. Where's Pitbull? He oh, is, yeah,
0: Pit. Come on.
1: Come on, Pit.
0: Do it for the kids. Give Pitt. my class
1: a little bit of love, bro.
0: Pit love the kids.
1: Pit love the kids, yeah. <laughs> it's Like, Trick love the kids too. Trick daddy. He always says that. Um, so, so
0: you really incorporated performance like performance was something that was really in you and you continued uh in your into your high school career and beyond
1: yeah and then um you know in high school I also did show choir so I danced there um after 18 things kind of started to settle down for my dancing it went from like dancing at the studio to like dancing at the club oh that's you know so like funny. the hard rock opened up their clubs and I was dancing there instead but my friends will tell you I I'm am looking the
0: f- at my producer Elisa from across the room <laughs> looking at you
1: hey girl hey
0: yeah 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 you saw sorry
1: I am uh, when I tell you I'm the first one on the dance floor, the last one off the dance floor, I will avoid going to the bathroom in the middle of a wedding because the songs are too good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, dance is like embedded in me. I cannot like if like if you put on Suavemente right now, I would just get up and start dancing. How do you sit to that?
0: Forget about it.
1: Forget it. You yep. have to get up and dance, For sure. you know. So, yeah, my kids, they know I love to dance. And that's why this app. With the kids worked so well because I was able to incorporate a love of teaching with a love of dancing.
0: So you know, you get to a certain point. I'm sure. Uh, what what was it like for your parents? Like, were they encourage of the da- encouraging of the dance? Or when you got to 18, they were like, "All right, when will oh, what are you going to study for your career?" Like, did you did you feel like there was a point uh, that you had to put it aside? And and w- or, or what was the reception like with your folks?
1: My parents. Um, have always been super supportive of anything I want to do. They, you know, enrolled me in. If I said, hey, I want to do this, it was like, okay, no problem, let's do it. Um, by the time I turned 18, though, it was kind of like, okay, mija, like college time, like ponte las pilas, because you can't be, you know, fooling around or whatever. And and I did, you know, I worked yeah. full time, I went to school full time. What were
0: you doing? Work? What kind of work were you doing? Are
1: you ready for this, Carlos? Because me- I don't think you're going to believe me.
0: No, you won't believe mine, so you go.
1: Okay. I worked. At Terminex, the pest control company. Wow.
0: That okay. is hardcore.
1: That when is I it's
0: very grown up.
1: I, I when I tell you I know so much about bugs, it's not even funny. And I hate bugs. I mean, I hate roaches, I hate lizards, rats, all that. But I learned so much there. And I worked there full time while going to college. By the time I graduated with my associate's degree, I was able to be a substitute teacher. So I went into that and then I've been teaching ever since.
0: Did you know that you wanted to teach? Like, was that how did that that connection between like all this performing that you were doing, how did that connect with teaching? Did you see a, did you see a connection there?
1: Okay, are you ready? I never wanted to be a teacher, ever. Yes, so.
0: And so, how are we here?
1: Okay, so when I was in fifth grade, ten years old, your girl got the lead on the morning announcements. I was an anchor on oh, the morning announcements. Okay. And I kid you not, I after filming one morning announcement, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to do journalism. You wanted to be in broadcast. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is it. Then I went to middle school, started doing newspaper. High school, I did radio broadcasting. I was literally in the middle of a radio broadcast at my high school when the 9-11 tragedies happened.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And we had to... What did you guys do? Well, we were in the middle of a broadcast. They got on the PA and they were like, teachers, don't turn on the TVs. And my teacher was like, stop the production. We're turning on the TV. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was happening at that moment. Um, But I did radio, I did television production, and then I get to college. And, you know, you're looking at a very confident woman right now, but when I was 18, I wasn't so confident, and I went to my guidance counselor, and she said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to do journalism. That's what I want to do. And she said, well, your accent is not going to get you very far in life.
0: Oof, that's horrible. Yeah,
1: and she said, and they hire attractive people. And honey, listen.
0: Wait, so she would, wait, was she saying that
1: that your your voice was wrong and your look was wrong i guess so i guess so and you know what i listened to her because i was 18 naive and what do you do when you go to a guidance counselor you You, follow what they do of course so and she said do you want a family i'm like i'm 18 i don't know what i want and she was like well that's a very hard career to have a family blah 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 and she said what do you do right now and i said oh i'm a summer camp counselor and she said you like kids i said yeah she said you should be a teacher Well, here we are with a master's degree in education, 13 years in the profession. Um, And it's in a weird way. It's because of her that I went into this field. Right. And I
0: I feel like there's a bit of ambivalence there because, yes, you it's clearly you're enjoying what you're doing. But at the same time, it feels like there was a path not taken that that always was itching you in the back of your in your back of your mind
1: yeah and you know i've done backstage tours of cnn i i was on the today show last year i don't know if you know that um but i was on the today show tell
0: me about that What was? That oh that
1: my like? gosh I, I that was probably the best day of my life honestly um i was on there for teacher appreciation day okay and somebody me,
0: nominated ho- you to be on that show or the producers
1: we? okay found me on tiktok
0: Oh, you had already been on TikTok? Okay, that makes sense. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Shout out to Today Show producers because I love you guys so much. But um, I was flown to New York with my teacher friends. We were on the show. And you don't know this, but a month prior, my car blew up and caught fire. What? Yes. I was in the car. I got out 20 seconds before it blew up. I lost. You're,
0: you're one of these car fires that we see in, in on on I-95. See
1: me, huh? But I, but mine was in front of my school.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: And all my former students at the high school were coming out like, "Oh my God, Miss Stewart, Miss Stewart, freaking out."
0: How scary for but you and for them? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I lost my whole car. I lost my car, and I was so upset because I had just paid it off, Carlos. Oh my God! Of course. Well.
0: You're in New York.
1: I'm in New York. I'm on this show, talking about what I do, what I love, and they gift me. A Toyota 4Runner
0: wow and what I, an appreciation for teacher appreciation week the best amazing
1: amazing but being there at the Today show and being behind the scenes and being on the dance show and um CNN and and all these things yes there are times when I walk in these spaces and think what would my life have looked like if I would have followed that path right and again, like, I don't regret it because I love what I do. I love my students. It's evident, right? Because I don't think someone that really doesn't like what they do can't play all this off on TikTok, right. you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. You can't so, fake that.
1: No. So I love it. I don't regret it at all. Um, and it's funny because this is a perfect example of, like, how one decision can alter your life, yeah. you know? Um, but, yeah. it's. But
0: also how there's like if uh, life is long unless it's not right right? and and there are opportunities to to still connect to some of those things which I guess is how how TikTok kind of comes back in right
1: absolutely and you know what's so funny this true story I am the team leader for the team at my school Mm -hmm. so when we have honor roll assemblies I'm the one who says all the kids names on the stage and whatever can I tell you that after every honor roll assembly The parents, my colleagues are like, you are the best announcer. Like the way that you talk so concise, the way that you, everything just kind of flows in the assemblies. Can I tell you that that means more to me than anything? Because they are complimenting me on something that I had a passion for and still do. Of course. But I can tell. Yesterday we had our last honor roll assembly and the police officer at my school, he was like, hey. I think I'm gonna hire you as the MC for my 60th birthday because that was incredible. I was like, "For real?" And he's like, "Yeah." You could get the people on the dance floor, los viejos that don't like to dance. I'm like, "Absolutely, I will be the MC at your birthday."
0: Well, let me tell you, you have us, and I mean this, is an, of course, it's a compliment. You have the Lucy Lopez vibe. <laughs> oh my god! I feel like I feel like I could, I would listen to a radio show with you and Lucy Lopez, our the former Power Ninety Six up and also past guest here. Do you uh, know
1: what kind of a force that would be?
0: I think it would be pretty unstoppable. Oh I think you need me in that room, though, to to moderate the two personalities, though. You think so? I think you need a straight man in that. In that. Listen,
1: group. I don't know. I, <laughs> I until we get to the bottom of the pastel is a sandwich thing. I don't know. Maybe.
0: Listen, if you've ever seen a batelito made, but it's it's filo dough, then guava, and then filo dough. It's sandwiched together. But I digress. <laughs> I digress. Um. So then you you basically by luck you you come into or by by chance by happenstance you're able to reconnect with this performative aspect yeah right and what do you think that has done for for you as a person walking around to be able to connect with something that that previously had been so important to you and now that you can share it in a new
1: way yeah and you know what's funny like dance is a very competitive field. I never, I, I, as much as I loved it, like I never wanted to be a professional dancer. It was just a hobby and a passion of mine. Um, but I think, you know, after, after leaving high school, starting college, getting my career going, all that stuff, getting my master's, it was always something I liked to do, but it wasn't an everyday thing. Right. Whereas now it's an everyday thing. My kids want to dance. I want to dance. Um, it's just it's amazing and because of it i'm able to do this little passion that's you know deep within me every single day and i had i didn't do that for years
0: our guest today is natalie stewart she's a broward teacher at nova eisenhower elementary in davie and she uses TikTok to engage with her students so you have this performance career um as as a high school student and you're left kind of with this longing And then by chance, you're able to connect again and use these these performance skills in the classroom. How did that being able to connect on TikTok and, and see having your kids see you in that way? How did that help you become a better teacher, better at what you do?
1: I think it allows me to see that we can express ourselves in so many ways. And another thing that it really helped me with was this new style of teaching called social emotional learning. Have you heard of this?
0: No, tell me about that.
1: Okay. So social emotional learning is something that now we've embedded within our day. or um, We do it every day where we really tap and connect with our students' emotional status. Um, I don't think that, you know, and especially being Hispanic, right? Like, I don't know about you, but we never spoke about our feelings growing up. Did you?
0: No, not my, especially not my parents' generation. For no, sure.
1: you yeah. just suck it up, baby. Yeah. You don't, you know, you don't talk about that. And now after covid with everything that happened, we kind of tap into our students' emotional well being, if if you will, um, every day. And, you know, most teachers, including myself, will play videos, we'll have discussion questions. They're very, they tend to be lighthearted. We don't try to get too deep into something so, you know, sad or depressing, but we pretty much tap into our students' emotional, um, you know, well, into their mental state, right? Right. With dance, I can do that in a very unique way it's not so much like the everyday boring youtube videos or or uh you know the, the questions that we asked with our we have stemmed questions that we can ask um you know it's not the typical lesson for that
0: right you make it more 3d yeah, okay.
1: yeah. this is more unique yeah. um typically we do a CL every morning but with TikTok, to seal uh, social emotional learning okay, okay sorry with TikTok though um and and i want to Say, because a lot of people think, oh, all she does is TikTok all day. And then the kids come to my class. They're like, oh, my gosh, we actually do work in here. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is not a free for all. I think right. they like think- you
0: work a 10 hour. You work like a, a long school day with prep before and yeah. grading after and in there somewhere.
1: Correct. And like, it doesn't, right? It doesn't negate or take away from the academics because ultimately that's my job, right? Is the academics. So, TikTok, we only do it at recess. If I am filming myself, do a lesson. I don't think a lot of people know this, but my phone sits there and records the entire lesson. I do not. Um, have time to edit the video while I'm working, obviously. Right. Um, but it's not a distraction anymore. The kids know when the phone's sitting there, it's sitting there. We just we do our work like like normal. Um, but TikTok, I tap into like at recess. We'll do we'll do a lot of that. Um, but well, yeah.
0: Well, I want to ask you because I mean, obviously, this is the fun part of it. But we all know that the teaching profession is number one hard, and it's been. A, it sounds like it's been an especially hard time to be a teacher in Florida. With a lot that's going on. Number one, the, the book the book banning issues. Yes. What you can talk about with your students, and you're talking about social emotional learning. I know that there's been there's been a challenge to that about what you can talk with your kids about. Like if you said if you're talking about your emotions, your feelings, and that might be tapped into, you know, how you're feeling, you know, certainly your your gender and your identity. Mm-hmm. What has it been like to try to navigate that? So you're trying to connect with your kids, but there are like new barriers that about what you can and can't talk about.
1: You almost feel like you're walking on eggshells. Yeah. Honestly, it's a very challenging um, concept because when you're presented with these cases, whether it's behavioral, whether a student tells you something that happened at their home or in their life, you kind of have to make a decision as to how you're going to handle this so that you're doing it professionally and you are not you know, disobeying the law. And sometimes those laws that have been put in place recently, they're a little unclear, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I know I had one particular instance where I had to, you know, look at one of the laws. And the, Wow,
0: so before you knew how to respond to the child, you had yes. to go and look up the law to yes. see what you could and couldn't say.
1: Yeah, and at the bottom of the law, it said anything that we deem, you know, um, unprofessional or anything that we deem um, inappropriate. Well, what you deem inappropriate and what I deem inappropriate might be two different things. So it's really subjective. Mm. So because it's subjective, teachers have to really think twice about what they're going to do or say and how to handle these behaviors. Typically, when something like this happens, I would reach out to one of my colleagues um, or a higher-up to kind of get guidance. I will tell you, though, the beauty of being an elementary school teacher, and I'm not saying this doesn't, like, I'm not saying um, events don't present themselves, but I feel like this is definitely more of a middle school, high school thing, and I feel for those teachers because they probably deal with things like this more frequently than I do you know
0: yeah because those those are kids at that age where you begin you begin to have like a like a you become conscious of the world yeah and more conscious of your of yourself and then Mm -hmm. start to ask bigger questions yeah I I, I'm curious you know like any what you do is it's it's fun you know you add this level of fun but uh, you know how do you cope with that how do you cope with being a teacher right now with all of that that heaviness kind of hanging over you know
1: a few things the first one Mm -hmm. are my colleagues um when you when you work with people who know the struggle of what we go through what we do it's a different relationship um i'm on the phone sometimes till midnight with some of my colleagues mm. discussing like things that went on and and you know we we share our experiences we help each other through a lot of things so that's number 1 number 2 is i always try to remember my focus and that is the kids um the kids are my focus no matter what, with the politics involved and whatever, like the kids are my, you know, my focus. And then number three, we have to remember to have fun, right? Because everything right now is geared towards test scores and, and you know, numbers on a data sheet and whatever. But at the end of the day, if you're not having fun, you're not gonna perform, bottom line. If I go in there every day with this mentality of like, I have to get these kids to the highest level possible, and I just drill, 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 we're not gonna have a good outcome. There has to be a balance. And I, my my tagline at in my classroom. I wish my kids were here because they would tell you, we work hard, we play hard. That is my my phrase. Like we work hard, we play hard. So when we do work and stuff, if they're like, oh, are we gonna do this? I'm like, we work hard, we play harder. They're like, oh, gotcha, Miss Stewart. Okay, okay. Like and, if we
0: if you get this done, we will do TikTok later. Right.
1: You get this done, <laughs> we'll have a good time. That's it.
0: Well. <laughs> And So TikTok has been a way for you to bring that fun back. It sounds like for them and for you then.
1: Oh, yeah. I love it. I love social media anyway, but with TikTok, it's just a different vibe. And you know what? They, oh, my God. You know what they love? Hmm. When I come in the next day and I'm like, guys, you should see what some of these people are commenting on these videos. They're saying how awesome you guys look, your dance moves. They're complimenting these kids, blah, blah, blah. They get so happy. And oh, my gosh, this is the best, too. So we get recognized a lot, you know, with where we go. Sure.
0: You're like you're out in the street. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, it
1: happens to me often, but like, I'm obviously not out on the street with them a lot. Right. <laughs> um. But this is a true story. We went to the Museum of Discovery and Science for a field trip. In
0: Fort Lauderdale, right? In
1: Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're walking around the museum and I told them, if you don't see me, you're, you know, you're not close enough, whatever. So we're walking in this room and this girl comes up to me and she's like, hey, um, and she was a teacher because she was there with her class. And she's like, hey, I just want to tell you, like, I really love your videos. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And she's like, can we take a picture? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So we take a picture. And my whole class is like, oh, my gosh, a fan. We have a fan. <laughs> and they're screaming. They're so excited. And I'm like, oh, my God. It was the cutest thing. And they're like, we have fans. We have fans. I'm like, yeah, you guys have fans.
0: I love how it's how it's like that team yeah. mentality to it. It's so cute. Well, that's fantastic. Do you remember um, it makes me think about like when you really f- saw that it was taking off. Obviously it it's a way that you helps engage with you with the kids and you have fun with it, but there was a point when you realized the rest of the world is watching, right? Like can you talk to me about some of those first videos you made that blew up and how that like how you responded to that
1: yeah so (laughs) the first video that ever blew up actually had nothing to do with teaching I was still we were still in quarantine and it was a video about the story of how I broke my arm Mm. um to make a very long story short my mom fell on top of me she was pregnant I was two at a wedding at two o'clock in the morning and of course the comments in the in the comment section weren't so much about the broken arm. It was, what were you doing out at a wedding at 2 o'clock in the morning at 2 years old?
0: Yeah, you're not Latina then. Exactly.
1: <laughs> you don't even know. Th- that's what we do. So yes. anyway, that video. La fiesta goes. La fiesta goes, yeah. And, which actually, my dad told me recently that that wedding was like $100,000, which back in the 80s, that's a big deal. What?
0: Uh, back in the 80s? Back five seconds ago? And
1: espérate. They got divorced like three months later.
0: I know, Maria. That's what
1: he told me, yeah. I was like, What? It's crazy.
0: I don't know where do you where do you go for the, the <laughs> la devolución? Where do you get right? your money back from that?
1: Right. So that video blew up, and then once we got back into the classroom, the very first video that blew up for me was um, well, first let me preface this by saying I use a lot of phrases from celebrities, and then I thought, why not like glue their faces on a popsicle stick mm-hmm. and use that for virtual learning on the computer, like whatever. And the first person I did was Pauly D from Jersey Shore. Okay. I love Poly D. I love his vibe. He's all about positivity. And so I decided to use him as my first teacher assistant. Um, because oh, that's d-
0: funny. You call him your teacher assistants. Oh,
1: yeah. They help me out. <laughs> yep. They help me teach the lessons. So they're my assistants. Um, I wish we had real assistants. Where's the money for that? But... Yeah,
0: that's a, that's like a, a slight commentary on like, yeah, if only we had real teaching assistants <laughs> yeah. to help us.
1: Exactly. I mean,
0: there's obviously a huge teacher shortage. Right? Oh, yeah. Certainly in Florida and, and across the country, too. Of
1: course. So I thought, you know what? I'll, I'll let these celebrities help me teach. Right. And so I use a lot of Polly's references. He says, yeah, buddy all the time. He goes awkward. Right. I love that. <laughs> so I started using him. And that's when. I started to see an influx, um, mostly because Poly D reposted, he commented, he loved it. And we started to kind of see an influx from there. And then as the year went on, I started using other teacher assistants. So Cardi B was a huge hit. Um, the Kardashians were a very big hit. Um, Lil John reposted and, um, people, oh, that's
0: hilarious. Yeah.
1: And people started Reese Witherspoon sent me a DM. How often does that happen? <laughs> that's <laughs> uh,
0: ridiculous. Yeah. Can I ask you what she asked you about?
1: She literally wrote, I wish that I had a teacher like you, you are changing the world. Like I love your content so much. And I just wrote back and I was like, thank you so much, Reese, whatever. Kim Kardashian sent me a DM to three little hearts. Which that's I, amazing. I still have that, Carlos. I still have that.
0: But um, but that's got to be really rewarding to you. Uh, forget professionally, but just personally. Yeah. Like, especially when you grew up in this, like you could imagine yourself having a performance career and then you're kind of weaving that with what you do in school. You're bringing so much of yourself. Yeah. And for people saying, hey, I appreciate what you are doing as a person, who you are as a person.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Pop culture. That's another thing. As much as dancing connects us, so does mm-hmm. pop culture. Yeah. You know, the kids, when I relate, you know, these celebrities to celebrities they love, it's a different vibe. They're like, oh, wait a minute. This teacher's kind of cool. She knows the people I like, you know? Um, so. Um But I think that's what people
0: like about you too is that I, there are other videos that are not related to school. Like, you really put yourself out there. Yeah. You talk about being young and single in yeah. South Florida and like, you know, tell me about that. Like, the kind of response that you get for just, like, just talking realness about your life.
1: Yeah, so I share that a lot uh, because, you know, the most common question I get is e, ¿dónde está el novio? Where's the boyfriend? How come you don't have a boyfriend? I wow. I hear that all the time. Oh no. And it's like everyone needs to chill, right? right? Like, okay, I don't know. I don't have a boyfriend. Um and I love my single life. I do.
0: And you 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 do little bits about that too, just oh, yeah. about dating life in in South Florida, which of is course, like Of
1: course, cuz I, to me, I'm like, guys, being single is not a bad thing. Just because somebody doesn't have a boyfriend doesn't mean like being single makes you like incomplete. Like I'm a very whole woman.
0: Louder for the back of the class. Right. The back of the class. Right. Yeah.
1: So I have no problem being single. I love being single. I'm not just going to have a novio to have a novio.
0: Listen, Sandra Cisneros was on the show and she was like, you want love? Get a dog. Exactly. So she, you know, it's a, it's a thing to remember. It's yeah. like You are a person separately of yourself.
1: Listen, my cat is my life. Like, everyone will tell you.
0: Shout out to uh, Gatico.
1: Shout out to Sparrow. I named him Jack Sparrow because he has a little mustache. (laughs) I'm going to show you a picture later. But yeah, so, you know, I have love in so many other avenues. I have my friends, my family. I have my my kids. And and so I love being a single woman. And when the right guy comes around, the right guy comes around.
0: All right. Are you going to give us a a dating horrors in South Florida story? Oh. You have one to share?
1: Do you have time?
0: I do have time.
1: Listen, all right, let me let me tell you. I've only shared this with like my bestie, so this is a big deal. I went on a date once, not gonna lie. Okay, I went on a date, I showed up. The guy looked so much older than his picture, and I'm like, Hey, like, when did you take that picture? And he was like, Oh, 10 years ago. I'm like, What? Mm. Okay, so I sit there, and we were at PF Chang's, and I ordered chicken lettuce wraps and water. That's it. That's all I ordered. He ordered five things off the the menu, which is fine. Whatever. I don't care. Um, but then he starts telling me about how he has, at the time, the iPhone 11 had just come out. Oh yeah. Okay. And he's like telling me how he got the iPhone 11. And I'm like, didn't that come out yesterday? And he was like, Yeah, are you gonna get one? I go, Well, yeah, when I get an upgrade, because I'm not trying to spend money for no reason. <laughs> and he was like, Oh no, 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 I had to get it right away. I'm like, Okay. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, Oh, so you spend money for no reason. Okay. And then maybe that's a little judgmental, Carlos, <laughs> but whatever. So then he was like asking me about my parents and what they do for a living and whatever. And then he asked me again, What do your parents do for a living? I'm like, Bro, you're not even listening. Like oh, I no. answered I've, that.
0: I've been here already. Have right. you been here?
1: And then we started talking about foods that we don't like. And I said that I can't stand coconut. Tell me how he ordered the coconut cake for us to share for dessert.
0: No, that's not it.
1: Are you kidding me, that's Carlos? Oh, my gosh. So I was like, no, nah, this ain't it. This ain't it.
0: And you shared stuff like that. Like these are you share some of these dating stories, too. Yeah. And like people, do you get responses? People are like, oh, yeah, I feel you.
1: Everybody starts laughing. That's the first that's the first thing. They, they don't believe me. And I'm like, guys, you can't make this up. You can't make this up.
0: All right. So you mentioned you mentioned your mom. You know, mm-hmm. What your mom and dad do? Tell me about them and like how they've responded. Like, what do they think about this? You know, this this coming back around to this performance career and this this TikTok fame.
1: Honestly, I don't think they <laughs> they like can't believe it. They're like in shock every time I tell them like, guys, I'm doing this. They're like, what? Like, it's just so funny. And I know like for my mom specifically, she's such a fan of the Today Show. Like. She wakes up every morning to watch that. So when I told her I was going to be on there, that was like a whole nother thing. It was like, well, tell Al Roker this, that. I'm like, mom, I don't know if I'm going to have time to talk to Al Roker. (laughs) Like, you know, like whatever. My dad is super supportive, always, you know, boosts me up before I do any sort of, you know, media event. And um, I think they're just so proud. If I had to pick one word, I would pick proud.
0: You, you, uh. You have a, a series, I'm told here, uh, called Scaring My Cuban Mom. Oh yeah. What's What's that? Boil it down for me.
1: Lucy Lopez loves that series. Okay. So my mom is the most gullible person on this planet. Like, like you could tell her anything oh, and she'll she's believe trusting. it. Oh, she's trusting. No, no. I told her the other day. She went to um. She went to Greece, and I was like, oh, you know, they're not allowing sandwiches anymore on the planes. Like, you you can't eat a sandwich on a plane. She believed me. <laughs> so
0: random. I, oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I come up with random things. Um. <laughs> I haven't tricked her yet, but yesterday we had a reptile demonstration, and I took a video of this like nasty-looking lizard, and I was like, "I, have, I'm gonna bring this home, like."
0: And you put it on TikTok. I haven't,
1: I haven't yet, but I'm gonna scare her with this tomorrow, um, and she's gonna think that I'm really gonna take this lizard home. That's the funny thing. Even though she knows I hate lizards, she's gonna think that I'm gonna bring it home. She just believes anything, and so I always prank her, and I say like. It, like, things that you would be like, oh, my God. Like, one time I told her, I'm going to start decorating the house for Halloween, and it was July 31st. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on TikTok, too. I bought this big, like, 10-foot fake snake, hid that around the house, scared her. She's just super gullible. And you know how Cubans, Cuban moms get when they get angry?
0: Oh, it's not want a chancleta.
1: Oh, my gosh, yes. So, yeah,
0: she'll hit you with a sandal, for sure. Yeah. So, talk to me about how this has how this whole experience is change your life. Cause it sounds in a lot of ways it has,
1: it, it really has. And I am so grateful. I really am. I have connected with so many people met so many friends. Um, you know, the dance show dancing with myself. Mm-hmm. I it's funny, 48 hours of being with the other contestants and I vibed with them so highly that two of them I'm very close with shout out to my Brooklyn boys. Uh I'm very close with them. Like we talk all the time. We actually reunited in November. Um, I've met so many producers along the way that are, I still talk to. And it's just been an absolute pleasure to connect with people on a different level besides teaching and education Um, and getting to know people because I am a people person, right? I, I love to talk. I love to get to know people. I love building relationships. And I've been able to do that in a different way with TikTok.
0: Well, I think that um, I, I think that folks that folks uh, now have a, a new way to to connect with you, and I and I imagine that that that's what you're looking for next is just kind of seeing where this all leads. I, I think folks are curious to see where this is all. Are, are you curious too about what's oh, next?
1: Oh, a thousand percent! And I'm down for whatever's next. Well, I really am.
0: Well, let us know what happens when it when when uh, that comes next. I will. Natalie, thank you so much for coming in and talk with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: She's Natalie Stewart. She's the Broward teacher at Nova Eisenhower Elementary in Davie who uses TikTok to engage with her students. You can find her on TikTok at Natty Meets World. And that's Sundial for Monday, August 7th. Leslie Obaye-Atkinson is our lead producer. Elisa Baena is our producer and social media editor. Helen Acevedo helped produce the show. Sergio Bustos is WLRN's VP of news and Katie Munoz is our director of live programming. Peter J. Mertz is WLRN's VP of radio Engineering our board today is Richard Ives. Our theme music is by the Miami Afro-Cuban funk band, Balo at gopalo.com. You can download a podcast of this program, just search for WLRN Sundial on your podcast app. Coming up tomorrow on the program, a Miami author brings an apartment in Miami Beach to life. She tells the stories of the people that lived there over the span of 70 years, from newlyweds to war vets, to refugees and concert pianists. Anna Menendez joins us. I'm Carlos Frias, good vibes only.